Hello and welcome to Into the Foliage, hosted by me, Ryan Dalton. And me, Janet Garner. The series is all about the green side of nature. Where we chat to the professionals about plants, trees, fungi, grasses and everything in between. This episode of Into the Wild is sponsored by Leica Sport Optics. It's January, it's now 2022 and many of us have new resolutions or hobbies to get us started for a more positive year and many people have committed to connect with nature more regularly. One thing that helped me massively was using a top-notch pair of Leica binoculars. The Leica Ultravid HD binoculars are perfect for people with any range of experience in nature spotting. With their high-end optics, durability and simply the fact that they're dead easy to use, these binoculars get you on your way to spotting wildlife without disturbing it and helping being able to identify things from afar. Not only is the kit brilliant, but Leica offer finance plans to fit you too. Meaning you can pay in bits rather than having to have the cash up front. Which let's face it, in January, it's what we all need. You can read more about Leica's range, pricing and support on their website, which is in the write-up of this episode. And now, on with the show. Hey Jan. Hello. Where you been? Where you been? Oh, Jan. <laughs> Jan. I've been in, uh, I've been in Namibia and Africa, haven't I? Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't go on about it, like, because it's, it's a bit egotistical if you do, but I, I have genuinely been there, and I don't, I'm not going to say it's changed me, but... Um, it's, it's changed incredible. It's changed you didn't even mention it, though, did you? you kept that so No, quiet. you brought it up, you brought it up. <laughs> Let's do a game throughout the show, how many times... Right, Oscar, every time I say I've been to Africa or when I was in Africa, do a little ding noise and we'll count them up at the end. <laughs> Oh. You can do a shot, a shot every time. A shot, shot and <laughs> Um, This is the first one I've recorded since being in Africa. Oh, well, I'm going to count. There we go. This is the first one. Are you no, going to count them up? No, do you know what? I'm going to do a tally chart, Ryan. <laughs> I'm actually going to do a tally. You can tell I'm a, I'm a school teacher, can't I? Yeah, tally. <laughs> there um, we go. Um, But how have you been? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to spring, looking at that sun out the window. I know. Itching to get out there. This is a day to be out there doing it rather than talking about it, really, isn't it? I know, but we are, it's a Saturday morning, so I feel like we're like kind of like, you know, breakfast TV at the moment. So if we get this done, then we can yeah. go and enjoy the day. Well, I'll be out there. <laughs> um, what have you been up to? Up to? I was going to say, well, you know what I've been up to, but I won't say it again. Yeah, we know where you've been, don't we? Um <laughs> Never let us forget that. What have I been up to garden-wise? Well, not a lot actually in the garden. That's why I want to get out there because it's a bit muddy. But it's all right. It's very dry though, isn't it? It's not rained very much. Um, no. Sowed some sweet peas. Um, I actually did some in November and they're doing really well. But I've done some more. Not much. At the allotment, we tidied the shed. Classic winter work. Yeah, just winter stuff really. But oh, I've also ordered some dahlias. Well, bought some dahlias. I'm lying. They're actually in the premises. And I wasn't going to buy any more because they got me nerves last year, but I bought 10. <laughs> you can't help it, though. You can't, it, it, no, no, it, no, no. People can help it. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going home base and then they've got really nice ones and you just have to buy them. So I've got 10 new dahlias to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... How's your alliums? Yeah, they're all coming up. In, well, some, yeah. yeah, I've got, I, I don't know how many I've actually got. You got a... a about, two, a, about 200. Yeah, it was a, a, a an addiction yeah. of alliums, I would say. Yeah, I, they're, they're poking through and the tulips. You got tulips? Yeah. Very Dutch. Yeah, I've got loads of those as well. So, nice. Um, yeah, it's going to be a riot of colour out there, Ryan. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be singing a rainbow out in that garden. Yeah, it will be. But tasteful. A tasteful rainbow. But tasteful, yeah. It's yeah. not tacky. No. No, it's not. No, don't go for that. <laughs> no. Nice one. So, I don't feel like I've done a lot because I've been in Africa. Getting me to pick my pen up now. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, I can tell you about some of the plants. I saw. Well, actually, I tell you what. Let's let's tell you what I've done gardening wise here. Obviously, I don't have a garden, so I've not done loads. But um, I've been getting. I, I trimmed down all my wildflower, my annuals to reseed again on the balcony. Trimmed down the lavender, la, uh, lavender to get that grown again. And I've rooted. I'm actually quite excited about this. 
Now, it's one herb that I always want to grow, but I think for people that grow herbs and food plants, it's probably one of the hardest ones to get going is basil. I don't know if you've ever... It's just an absolute nightmare. It either does... Starts well and you're like, I've cracked the Da Vinci code of basil. And then it just flops down, dies, or it gets green fly or something just attacks it. And it just, you know, because it's so water-based as well, it's so easy to kind of just dry out and go. And so what I did is I went to a, a greengrocer's near me and I, I collected, I had some fresh basil because I was making a beautiful pasta dish. But obviously you don't use all the sprigs, so I just put it in water and it's rooted. And it's wow. rooted really well. Um, and I went away and I thought, oh, that will probably go mouldy, um, you know, when I went away to... to to africa and um <laughs> and i've come back and it's rooted more and it's flowered wow so my plan is to let it flower uh keep it in the water until the flowers are pretty much done and then i'm going to separate the sprigs because i've just instilled an elastic band then i'm going to try and plant them but i'm going to do several methods i'm going to do the whole sprig in soil and see if that goes i'm going to take all the leaves off a sprig put that in soil see if that goes and then i'm going to cut it right down so it's just the root and the stem and then try that mm. because if i do all one method and it fails i'm fucked yeah you'll but be if crying. i can i'll be crying you know what i'm like I'm yeah. very emotional. <laughs> so if i can try and like separate that up i'm hoping i can get some basil growing strong fresh from the root rather than the seed that can go some ways or something oh. if you try and buy basil plants so that's one of my things that's gone well um one thing <laughs> When I was in Africa, there was a very, <laughs> very beautiful moment. People are going to be drunk so far if they're listening to this and doing the shots. <laughs> We've done half a litre of something. Um, we, it, this was kind of a privilege. When we landed, it, storm season hit and they had the first heavy storm rains in seven years. Which, like when you go to Africa, there was a bit of me that was like, I was hoping for a bit of sun. <laughs> yeah. But it was also incredible to see this rain hit a landscape that hadn't seen it for seven eight years and then just in the short time we were there trees had started to go green again so you started to see that transition of the environment and i wish i could be there like in a month later just to see this whole landscape go from brown and twig desert to this lush green you know foliage and then with the animals coming back as well so i will say that was kind of cool from a plant and foliage perspective of africa to see that and see the landscape change so those are my two things um yeah and yeah that was it it's nice i'm looking forward to being back though and getting back actually well yeah let's talk about what we're talking about on today's show we are focusing on something that i think is certainly very close to jan's heart because listeners will know (laughs) just like they know i've been in africa they will know (laughs) that jan's got an allotment (laughs) um i think you've said it once or twice so we're today we're talking about Um, allotments and community gardens because very excitingly over the last few months it's something my our guest today good power mind we've always said wouldn't it be cool wouldn't it be cool to have something like this and we've managed i don't know how we've done this but we've managed to get a community garden um in islington so today we're talking about allotments community gardens how they work what they're good for um tips and what our plans are so my guest today is Kelly, Kelly, welcome to Into the Foliage as part of Into the Wild. Um, welcome to the show. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Really good. I'm very excited about the yeah. uh, community garden. We actually just received loads of seeds in the post this morning as well. So yeah, you sent me a picture yesterday of all the organic seeds. Oh, I was buzzing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so why don't you tell people? Because a lot of the time we have guests on the show, people are either botanists on this on into the foliage, or they, you know, they work in the plant world. But I guess this episode is slightly different today because we're talking about our community garden, and I guess the three of us here are just kind of keen gardeners and like to plant and grow things. So, Kelly, we'll, we'll start, and I'll ask a question that I ask everyone. Do you want to tell us all who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm Kelly. Um. <laughs> And basically, I am a dog walker. <laughs> That's how I know Ryan. Because I guess you use a lot of your, your listeners know that you're a dog walker. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> that's how we became friends. We live around the corner from each other. Neither of us have outdoor spaces anymore that we can use to grow in. So we kind of decided to start hassling the council to let us use the green spaces in the flats that I live in. And it was surprisingly a lot easier 
than mm. we thought it was going to be to convince it them. They, they, they loved the idea from the get-go, really. And um, so, yeah, now, I mean... Now we've got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got to do it did it. kind of turn into them convincing us. They were like, "Please do it." We're like, "Yeah, we wanted to," but now you seem a bit too, uh, a bit too yeah, desperate. Yeah. So what? Um, when you because it, it was initially your you knew the plots because it's right round your apartments where yeah. you live in, isn't yeah. it? When how did you have the idea to actually contact the council? What kind of like triggered it to see those areas of land? Uh well. My my partner, you know, my partner Dean, he's lived here his entire life. So we're literally living in the house that he grew up in. And mm. he's told me that those spaces were never used for anything. They've always been locked. There's so many. I, I haven't actually officially counted how many green spaces there are in my estate, but there's like at least 10. Some of them wow. really small, some of them bigger. But I had my eye on a, a particular <laughs> spot from the beginning for a few reasons the main reason is because of the sun the the spot just outside my window is not blocked by any full buildings or any of the other apartment blocks so it gets sun all day and then it also has a pear tree in it which as you know i'm very excited about can't wait for the cobblers Everyone's going to be getting pear crumble <laughs> and like we'll spread diabetes around this estate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so like I've watched for the last couple of years, all of those pears fall on the floor mm-hmm. and create a big mess, and no one gets to enjoy the pears or the green space. So, <laughs> <laughs> did you think so, the council would say yes before you are? Can't, well. I had a feeling that they might simply because of how many similar projects I've seen popping up mm-hmm. around in different areas across London in the last few years. I think it's something that they're getting a lot more interested in and not just yeah. for a community aspect, but for, you know, the nature and the wildlife and yeah. just using the land and I found out pretty soon after starting this inquiry that the council actually pay a third party company to maintain that land. So us using it and looking after it for them is actually saving them money as well. So it's a no brainer, isn't it? I guess this is the power of like, as you said, it's something um, for people that don't live in london to kind of explain it's it's something that like kelly said is popping up more and more in london um and a lot of buildings certainly not new build buildings but like older buildings built in the 70s 80s or 90s have always had like green patches around them and they've always been fenced off uh yeah. they technically do own that they're, they're you know either a if people own their flats some of the service charge that they pay yeah. does go into owning a bit or have the right to use that but because of the way it's being fenced yeah they're paying for it but um but they're mainly paying for the upkeep of it of like you said an external company being mowed and keeping secure so a lot of the time these areas are just grass very short grass with not much life you might get a few kind of green weeds grow through and i don't mean to use the term weeds i know we don't like that word because it's you know it's kind of like saying that they don't have a point but they are usually flowers that don't or plants that don't really flower um, and might just be putting some good stuff in the soil. That's it. So aesthetically, and certainly for wildlife like insects, it might not be doing as much as what the land could be for the potential. So what we've seen more and more, and right next door to the plot that myself and Kelly have got, which is the one with the pear tree, I should say straight wanted. away. The one, we got the one we wanted. Um, just around the corner from that, there's another community garden called Sunnyside Garden, which is a beautiful place. Um, it's a lovely little walk. It's got a pond. They've got... Um, uh, compost heaps in there they've got like a little wildlife walk they've got like a little shed area and it's there's always people sat out there in the summer it's absolutely beautiful um and you see more and more there's loads down in hackney as well i think loads of people do community garden veg going mm-hmm. and it's just a way that you know london's so packed full of people and buildings that you even if you do have a garden it's not always a big garden or it might just yeah. be very um you know it might be concrete and you might not be able to do much stuff so to have a plot of land like this and for people to overlook it as well and people to be involved if they want to come down is really a chance for i guess and not to sound too cliche but to connect people back to why we do stuff like this this isn't just like oh me and 
Kelly or whoever's you know managing or even Jan like with your allotment it's not just oh I just want to be here it's like you want to be part of something you want to be yeah. you want to be around fellow people and you want to create this this space for nature and for wildlife and for plants and you know I mean if I lived in that building and then you know in two years time I can look out and see you know forget-me-nots growing and I can see a pond there with some nice lilies growing out of it how much more positive would you feel about looking out that window i hope i hope i bet you will get people from surrounding flats that want to come down and get involved yeah yes yeah. you know i mean i lived in council flats all my childhood until i left london mm. and there were, we had massive areas of green space especially the second place that i lived in and it was just doing nothing you know i mean they, mm. the flats are knocked down now but it was it was just in the middle kids played on it a bit but you, uh, you know, there was a, you feel like people would want to get involved. And also it's that well-being thing now, isn't it? You know, yeah, exactly. That's, that's probably why the council have been, you know, happy to jump on board with this, isn't it? Because yeah. there, it's becoming such a thing now, isn't it? You know, that it's, yeah. the, especially with the lockdown, all those people that lived in those flats would have just been stuck indoors. Exactly. And then they could have, you know, not that hopefully that happens again, but I think it's opened eyes to the fact that people flourish more if they've got somewhere to go mm. you know or, or you oh, know they oh. feel they feel better don't they if they've got their own bit of space or a joint you know community space to go into i think is as well what we've like you said jam with the last two years of 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 lockdowns or just and, and and aside from that just working from home and and a lot of society changing the way that yeah. we're used to i think not only the need to have time outside or to explore but i think for me what has been massively clear is that we've i think a lot of people realize it's a human <laughs> right to, to be able to have access outside safely no matter you know what yeah. time of year we're talking about but safe access outside to be able to sit read listen write yeah. explore yeah and it, that that shouldn't obviously i'm not, and this is not me saying that lockdowns were not the right thing to do i'm not going to get into that but what I'm saying is when you have that right taken away, you realise, was I using it to the best of the potential yeah. anyway? And then when you have spaces like this, like Kelly said, 10 potential spots around one group of apartments, are they being used to the best of the ability? Could they be enhancing people's well-being yeah. way more than they are? And really, you're not talking about much work because I know you know Kelly will go on in a minute and tell us about the plans that we've, what we've got, but a lot of these plans will be whack some seeds in and step away yeah. they're not going to be like constant management because i don't have the time <laughs> i'm you know i'm going to be using stuff that's easy yeah but then you it won't only be you will it because that's the that's no. the beauty of it isn't it like if it's a community garden uh, you know day one you're going to get people that want to come down and they're going to be curious and interested yeah. and but you know people that people that might have had a garden once and now they haven't got one or they've watched Gardener's World on a Friday or, you know, they've seen telly, so big on telly now that they might just think, oh, yeah, I could go on. So you might not even have to, you know, you won't be doing it all. No, that's you true. You might be, like you said, there'd be people, I mean, I don't have time to walk like 10 foot out in my garden <laughs> to check everything all the time because we've got jobs and lives and yeah. things to do. But if there's more of you doing it, it's just you know it's it's easier isn't it really you know, yeah to, and some it, of us have to go to africa exactly <laughs> you know can't be here all the time no, can't be you know. here all the time i've got places to be i mean um, if, you, if you knew how middle class you sound i mean i know you are but, <laughs> you know like i live in islington i'm starting a community garden and i've just been to africa who are you Ryan? oh my who, god who please no i'm not middle class don't I've met He's your mum. buying offense. a hol holiday home in Namibia. <laughs> I know. It began to centre park soon. <laughs> if you just saw me eat my Aldi baked beans for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but did, did you shop in Aldi ironically, though? You know, is it yeah. ironic? Ironic. I, I see it as charity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Helping them, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, Kelly, why don't you tell us a bit about the. Um, the plans that you have for yourself, because what we're going to be doing is splitting this garden. And when I say into two, I'm not suggesting yeah, that Kelly and I are. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be, be borders. <laughs> Can't mix. Um, there's not going to be a north-south divide. But um, do you want to tell people a bit about what your plans are, what kind of your main ambitions are for the community garden? 
Yeah, so, right, well, maybe I should start by saying, like, why I wanted to do this in the first place. Yeah. Um, well, I want to get experience in growing vegetables because eventually my plan is to live somewhere not in London and <laughs> grow the majority of my own food, which is a massive goal that I need experience. I can't yeah. buy a piece of land in 10 years' time and just be like, right. <laughs> hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. So, um, obviously, my first thought was to get an allotment. Um, but, I mean, Jan, you must have some sort of magical power because <laughs> she, she's uh, not in london the... no not oh, in... okay okay yeah it wasn't me it was my, my friend it did come ah. up surprisingly quick but do you know what it is as well i think that where we are a lot of people that have got allotments are older like older people ah, right and they can't keep them going or they die mm. so they have or, to give them up yeah so they do <laughs> they, they die. do they know. die i mean but they do but... the one next to us I've, you know it's i've seen the man once because he gave me runner beans last year but well, i've never seen anyone on there and it's yeah. sort of it so we're sort of expecting that somebody's gonna take that over soon we're a bit jealous because mm. there's a greenhouse on there and you know no one's using it but that's what I want. I want to get a greenhouse for our space. I should add that the area we've got is a decent size. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. questions. How big is it? <laughs> um, um, we've not measured it. No, but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's bigger it's, than the basketball court it's adjacent to. Really? Yeah, it's basically wow. is that ne next to it is a basketball court and then next to the basketball court is a kid's playground. It's the length of those two things next to each other and then it's got side bits so it's like a almost like a u-shape shape, yeah yeah but like a stretched out u oh, it's quite um big, it's quite yeah. huge like you could put a decent sized greenhouse in there and still have tons oh. of space for other stuff yeah. we want to put like water like some sort of water yeah area i was going to ask that and... as well how you'd water and well that was oh, an interesting oh, one wasn't it that is that is something that we have to figure out how are we going to get water? <laughs> but we are going to put in, like, um, a pond. I think Ryan wants to do a pond. Oh, yeah. Water. Well, I mean, it was interesting with the water because that's something that kind of you just don't think of. And when we had our meetings with the yeah. council, they said a lot of people, you just don't think of it because you're like, let's plant, plant. And you're like, crap, how are we watering this? Um, there yeah. may be in the future, and I'm not going to say, um, you know, with gospel but they have yeah. uttered like it is possible to get a tap put in for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're, it is a idea. They have said that, yeah, they they might be able to help us with, like, a tap or, like, different things, but we have to kind of meet certain criteria yeah. in order to get help from the council. So, Which makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, we have to, like, yeah. really try and get the community involved. Like, they said that if they, we, we need to kind of meet their standards if we're to be considered for any kind of funding or yeah. like yeah i mean like if, they, if they were paying someone to maintain it anyway you think they could spend that money on a tap wouldn't you really yeah instead but you think I, yeah yeah I, i've got i've got a, this, this is not advice because i've not been doing it long enough but we have got water at our allotment but i've got to be honest in the last year we don't water that much we, we have really rain no because it rains in this country, doesn't it? I mean, last winter, it rained so much. It was like a quagmire over there. I mean, it hasn't rained <laughs> it, it hasn't rained yet as much this year. You know, no. um, you do notice the weather more when you're growing, but uh, mm. it, it hasn't rained really, which is good in some ways because you can actually get out there and get on it. But we when, when we put our potatoes in last year, we just lobbed them in. And we're, that night I went to bed, you know, and you think... Oh my god, we never watered him in. Like we just put them in, and like I thought we meant to, but we never ever watered the potatoes ever. Sometimes we'd go along the strawberries with a watering can, but we didn't water that. I never watered the dahlias. Put the dahlias in the ground. Didn't water. Them. Yeah, that's. I think that's what well, you can do, isn't it? You yeah, can... I mean, watered him in when we put them in. I watered him in, and that was it. That was it. Didn't water them at all. So you might. You know, you don't have to water 
I suppose if you're growing tomatoes and stuff like that, you've got to water that on a regular. Yeah. But some things you don't, you know, it's not. Yeah. Not. And I guess rainwater is the best anyway, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, you need, if it rains, you're fine, aren't you? If it, a bit of yeah. rain. It'll so. be interesting because the, the plot of land we've got as well, what I'm really excited about it is just, it's not just a flat bit of land as well. It kind of, it is flat and then it actually That's, goes downhill. It has hills, yeah. So oh. what I'm excited there is like to kind of, we're... And, we'll and talk that's about more facing about the sun as well. Exactly. So slopes. what we're keen to do is get pallets to just pretty much line them and put them on the ground and then kind of have stuff growing at a slant so you can kind of grow like hill meadow grasses and stuff like yeah. that in the pallets and then you you kind of get a nice natural layer of growth on that also well. you'll get the thing the things that need more water put them at the bottom um, because it's sloped down when it and the things that need the drainage at the top so that it top. drains off doesn't it you know yeah. so, it's so it's easily done away. yeah you can yeah. you can manipulate what you you know your, your ideas to suit what you've got can't you exactly really. um you know. So go on then, Kelly. So what we so we spoke about the size. What you're saying? So you were saying about an allotment as well. Oh yeah. So basically, it's going to be well. First year, I reckon I'm not going to go crazy and try and grow too much stuff. Um, yeah. Saying that though, I have just ordered <laughs> loads of seeds. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying you've got quite a lot of seeds. <laughs> quite a lot of seeds. I've got loads of different tomato varieties. I don't know why I went a bit mad on the tomatoes, but um. <laughs> You know, tomatoes are great. Um, And I've got, like, mainly other than tomatoes, just going for the root veg. So I've got, like, onions, leeks, carrots. I've got some parsnip seeds. Oh, apart from one other thing that's not root veg, I've got some um, green beans. Well, actually, they're not green. Yeah, but they're yellow ones. They're quite easy, actually. So I, yeah. yeah, and apparently they climb, so I thought they would just yeah. look really nice as well. Yeah, they, they that's the other are... thing. We've got a fence around the whole thing. We've Jill. got a fence, yeah. So, so we don't even have to put trellises. And... Yeah. Mm. It's going to be and so easy. Other than that, on my balcony, I've got two massive pots of mint. I've got baby strawberry plants, loads of them. They're going down there. And then I've got a big pot of lavender that's going down. Nice. And um. Also, I got bulbs which are already growing. So once they die, I'm gonna dig them up and bring them down as well. Yeah, they're daffodils, little baby daffodils. Oh, just quick! Don't put them in in the ground. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> I'm keeping it in the pot. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it will literally be a mint community. We we'll have a mint farm. We've, we've, we've got it. Yeah. We've got it at the allotment. It's just. Loads no. of it, but um, it was there yeah. already. But Carly pulls it out, and we've got an arrangement with the rabbit sanctuary place. Oh, <laughs> amazing! They take them in, and we they give us all the poo. They give us all the bed. <laughs> we get all the rabbit bedding, like all the straw and poo. That's the best oh, thing the... I've ever heard. Yeah, oh, so, um, so the most wholesome thing like you're exchanging mint for rabbit shit from yeah. a sanctuary yeah it, that we, sounds like a cbb show oh, no, <laughs> we just lay it down and then we're gonna put you know lay it on top and oh my put, god that's amazing yeah it stinks we're talking about collab well of course jan exactly <laughs> um talking about collaborations then actually jan you've segued quite nicely kelly do you want to tell people a bit about the collaboration we've got with the veg and what we're going to be doing with 50 oh yeah So basically, I, along with my business partner, Amanda, who you obviously know, Ryan, we run a community outreach where we collect clothes and give them to homeless people, which has not really got anything to do with vegetables. But (laughs) we do, over the years of doing this, we've become quite friendly with a few different soup kitchens who work across London. They're in Islington as well, but they kind of just are everywhere across London. So we've got Streets Kitchen and Refugee Community Kitchen. They kind of work together. They help that they supply each other. And they feed homeless and other vulnerable people across London seven days a week, 365 days a year. 
And I have confirmed that with them now that they are willing to take our donations. So we're going to grow. I think I'm going to do like a separate area where I'm just growing stuff for them. Mm. And it's going to be like kind of long last. What do I call them? Long lasting vegetables. So like potatoes. Like you can do double. Onions. Yeah. Like throughout the year, like double crops and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like all of the stuff that like has a good shelf life, like onions and potatoes and garlic and carrots and stuff like that. We're going to be donating to them. It'll be it'll be cool, and it's also stuff that they said they kind of need stuff like that because there's a lot of the bulk foods that mm. kind of you know come through, and it's just I think as well as you know it, it is one of those things doing it. It's 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 a small donation. I hope, but probably, but especially yeah. in the first <laughs> year or two years that we do it. But I think it's. It, it's not just the donation itself, it's kind of the awareness that you spread from doing it as well. It's something that we'll talk a, a lot about and maybe even yeah. like kind of with the community and stuff and talk about it. And, and, and just doing that, it kind of, I think, sets that mentality of, you know, yeah. the soup kitchens are a thing. Uh, there are people that rely on them, homeless and vulnerable people. And I think just kind of being involved in that keeps that awareness going. We'll talk about it on our platforms on social media as well. And it's it's, it's a good sure. way to be, I think, connected to many parts. And also bringing that community aspect further together, I think. Exactly. And, like, if it can even encourage, if people who are helping out or whatever find out about it, maybe they're going to be, you know, encouraged to go and donate or go and volunteer. Like, these mm. people, these soup kitchens, they rely on 100% volunteers and donations. You know, they're not making money out yeah. of it. and. They need people to help hand out the food, to help cook, stuff like that. So definitely something that I'm very yeah. passionate about and, you know, very close yeah. to my heart. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Ryan, but I actually was homeless at one point. I was not sleeping outside. You've not never, told like, me that. slept rough, as they call it. But I did spend hmm. two years of my life as a teenager without a fixed home. So... It's just really important to me to wow. make sure that, like, you know, those people, like, they're often the invisible mm. people of the world and they're ignored yeah. and they don't really deserve it, you know. It's, it's something I'm very excited to be more um, involved in as well. I guess it's it's very common in the work I do is, is mainly nature-based, but I think in the last year it's I've realised that people <laughs> yeah. are at the heart of all nature and no matter what aspect. So it is it's getting people involved and, and supporting it and, you know, you bring these people together and ultimately it just automatically helps wildlife <laughs> yeah. and nature as well. It goes hand in hand as long as people care about it. So it's, yeah, it's an exciting sure. part to, sure. to have with the garden. Um, I'm going to add a bit about what I'm going to do, if that's okay. Yeah, please. I hope, I hope what I'm going to do is... is going to happen. Uh, of course! <laughs> of course it's going to happen. So... <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. I've never. This is yeah. this is a what bigger scale than die? I'm used to. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> myself. I feel like I have to go to court or something with the council. Um, <laughs> so, my plan, as similar to what Kelly said, and Jan, I think this is what you spoke about when you had your allotment for the first year, is I'm not going to go mad and try and grow things that I've always wanted to grow with a challenge, especially on a plot of land that I don't know what it does throughout the year. Mm. Like Kelly, obviously you've watched it for a year. I've never actually yeah. watched that land. I mean what it does where the water goes. A little bit. And uh, also bit. I didn't realise um, until I went down there that it wasn't flat from because from my window <laughs> yeah that's true yeah we only learned about the hill when we got down <laughs> yeah. the ground level um so one thing like kelly said we're gonna have beds and we're gonna do no dig mm. um, oh i was, like I was gonna ask you that. yeah <laughs> well to an extent i to an extent actually there's some areas where i think there are some wildflowers like forget-me-nots that can be kind of kept in an area and they can yeah. go in the ground because they kind of just keep to themselves and we can keep yeah. on top of that but a lot of the veg will be no sure. dig um and my plan in london this is where i thought people this happened everywhere but kelly since i've been talking to people about it apparently it's not a thing london is overpopulated with pallets oh yeah once you like, start looking there for are them. pallets everywhere yeah <laughs> Every, outside people's houses in car parks yeah. back of shops it's just pallets everywhere so what we're doing i think actually jan you collected a lot for the allotment didn't you so we're going to be using pallet beds so my plan is to kind of get two main ones if i can get three i will um so take out the middle of the pallet line it put them on top of each other so they're deep enough 
and I'm going to do like a, a wild grass kind of patch with a few flowers, but majority um, long grasses and stuff like that. Now, the reason why I want to do that is aesthetically at first, it might just look like a grass patch. But one of the key things to get wildlife and certain wildlife and invertebrates back is grasses. A lot of things eat it. A lot of things live betwixt it. Um, and a lot of things feel safe if there's grass around because it's cover. So that's a really good way to get like, you know, even like grasshoppers and stuff like that or crickets back. Then my other one is going to be more concentrated on flowers. So I want to try and get um, a lot. I'm going to start with annuals, as I think, because although... Yeah, that's going to be more work when it gets into the autumn. I just want flowers in the first year. I just want to yeah. be able to be like, let's get I, some flowers going. I don't think they are work. I think they're the easiest because really it's like sling your seeds in and they grow, really. It's, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's not, they don't need certain temperatures or, you know, a lot of them. You can actually yeah. just throw them on the ground and they yeah. will, you know, grow. Grow, grow. <laughs> Um, and I think so, so. What I'm going to do is do some annuals there, and I will do some um, perennials as well. But obviously, that's I'm going to try and. I mean, saying that, my forget me nots flowered in the first year when I did them here. Very strangely, but you you never know. Sometimes things do work out. The other thing I'll say is a lot. Of, well, all the wildflower that I grow will be native from this country. It's not going to be the poppies that I grow will be native British poppies. Mm -hmm. It will be um, like forget me nots, or I can't. You know, my mind's gone blank now. I've got all the names written down, but. Um, you know, it'll be native flowers and organically grown as well. Because as me and Jan have learned by doing this show, is that even if you're organically grown your plants, if they don't come from an organic source, they can still harm wildlife and and still have the insecticides in. So we're going all organic. And on top of that, very kindly, and I thanked them on an episode already, I think last week, I've had people send me seeds in the post from twitter wow. so, so i've had fine. some things get posted so which is lovely so i've i'm yet to open them and i'm going to open them this weekend and put them on our instagram but it's um i've got a selection of like corn flowers native corn flowers uh, organically grown from people's gardens my friend emma is sending us some organically harvested beetroot seeds from her garden as well so i've got all this stuff which is is really nice to get sent in and then my last so, so i'm going to have those two beds i'm going to do a uh, the two more things the other thing another palette is going to be like a sand and rock area and i'll put a few poppy seeds in there because another thing jan and i've learned is that poppies well jan you've had bad experience with poppies yeah i just i'm not you know i'm but when people say oh they it all come it, oh they don't for me you know like poppies, <laughs> yes. you know i've got no foxgloves i'd loads of foxgloves and they're supposed to seed everywhere no foxgloves. Things don't always come back in my garden. I don't know why. I'm wondering as well, it's because we've got so much heat here. Some things do yeah, better hot. with the heat. And I think poppies do well with the dry, the dry mm. heat because I did my concrete garden, they, they loved that in that palette. They, grow, they grew so tall and so well. And it was lovely having the bees just come out of them and uh, go around them in the morning. So I think I'm going to do a few poppies in the um, sand area because they don't need a lot of like, high nutrition. They do better without. But then also the reason why I'm using sand and kind of like gravel is um, for mining bees. So we have in London, you see quite often bees that are just on the floor walking around and they'll be like digging holes. Those are like solitary bees that mine. And the best way to introduce them or get them into your garden for pollinators is have some sandy, rocky areas. So that's one thing I want to do is to see. And if it's on a hill like that and you have different depths, they hopefully will come down. I don't know if they will, but let's give it a go. And then my last thing is a pond. Now, a pond is a very easy word to say, <laughs> but to implement into any land can be tricky. But uh, the other thing Kelly and I are keen to do is reduce, reuse, recycle. So we're going to reuse things we find. And one thing we're on the hunt for, and I think we're going to the tip. We, aren't we? Yeah, we're, we're, we're planning a trip to the tip. <laughs> to see. <laughs> it's always a yeah. good day. Always a good day. Yes. Um, we're looking for some sort of bath. Like yeah. a tin bath would be yeah. perfect. Oh, you'll be lucky. That, that, well, but that would be gold. Yeah. 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 You never know, though. We do live near Highgate, so. That is true, Jan. Some of the things people throw away, you'll be surprised. I've got a cast iron pot, stew pot that someone threw away. Threw away. So, yeah, we're going to go and try and find, even if it's a ceramic bath, that when we can... Um, kind of maybe paint a little bit with some like safe paint for water so it's not toxic or anything and half submerge build soil around it and then that can be our pond mm. and then in there we can just get some like taller plants i'm not going to put any too much oxygenated plants in because they can kind of overtake but get some nice tall 
foliage up, some grass around the top so animals feel safe. You might get birds come down. Um, and hopefully, I mean, the dream, the dream is amphibians. <laughs> but um, they might we be in the area because Sunnyside Gardens has got I was just about there. to say, we should find out if there's any froggy. If they've got them there, we could even share some spores. Yeah, we yeah. can mix some frogs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, with the permission yeah. of Sunnyside, and we'll do it very safely Not for the animals. Not lick people. it but, like, um, in the middle of the night. <laughs> and we'll make sure our environment is good no, for them before course, we start moving them in. But um, yeah, so those are my four things: is is getting the pallets there, um, getting the uh, the grass, the flowers, getting the yeah. sand area, and getting the pond. That's kind of my plan within the year. Might not all be finished by the end of the year, but certainly we'll hopefully start going in. Um, and really, the other exciting thing is that I'm working with some of the ecologists up at Hampstead Heath. Um, and some people that work up there, and they're going to come and do a survey for us in summer. So they're going to come and see what insects are there. Or when we have access, they're going to come and do one. Then they're going to do another one in summer. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully what we can get and work with them, they can come and do one the following year in January and kind of do it a year-on-year comparison. That is a massive privilege for us because it's, I I mean, A, it's something I enjoy. I love doing surveys, and it'll be really exciting to go and see what there is. But B, it actually measures what, is in the land, what we've potentially invited back, what is now doing better there. Have we got birds? Have we got beetles? Have we got more worms? Have we got spiders there? And all these things. And really, it'll be a chance for me and Kelly, hopefully, to be like, yes, <laughs> like what we've done has succeeded in some way. So that would be fun as well. I don't really know as much about plants and wildlife as you. I'm definitely, you know, I definitely am interested in it, but obviously you Mm. just you have a lot more knowledge than me and I feel like what I'm excited for is like you say you've got all of these plans to hopefully encourage different insects and who are like pollinators and stuff so that's obviously just gonna like benefit everything that I'm doing so (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) <laughs> we need to get you some ladybirds in that garden because if you get green fly you need oh, some ladybirds yeah. <laughs> apparently as well that's you the best thing that my mint apparently that's good to go next to the tomatoes because it scares away it scares away it scares <laughs> so away I don't like it it does attract the rabbits though oh yeah but I don't mind that you know <laughs> 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 <Be> rabbit <laughs> you love it um so Jan, I guess we have to now ask you, what are your so your as you said, it's you've sorted out the sheds and stuff. What is your plan for the allotment this year with Carly? Right. Um so last year we were quite successful with the potatoes. So we def I've got those already bought them. We're doing those again, but in a different area because you you can't grow them in the same place two years running. You have to move them somewhere else. So uh, okay. You know, it's like rotation planting or whatever. Um, I think it's to do with if a disease builds up there. Oh, okay. You know, oh, okay. Yeah, so that the area that had the potatoes, um, Carly's put, I think it's onions there. I think we've got onions okay. in there. Um, and we've got a couple of places earmarked for potatoes to go in. Um, Carly's built, well, building... Loves it, doesn't she? Loves a bit of building. She's building a fruit cage. So last, Amazing. Yeah, last week she was surreptitiously concrete imposting to the ground because <laughs> we don't know if we're allowed to use that, but she's found these great <laughs> like the, big... The great escape with cement. Yeah, just... like, look how it's raw coming, do you know what I mean? So um, great big wooden posts she's put in um, to go all around the fruit because she's, she's a bit of a fruit merchant. She likes the fruit. So we've all we've, so what have we got over there? We've got raspberries, strawberries, blueberries, um, black currants. We didn't get nice. any black currants. There's quite a lot of fruit. Oh, we, and the things we want to grow this year, um, we want to try butternut squash again because we only got yes. one. Yeah, we only got one, and she thinks she picked it too early. Um, so definitely them. Um, carrots we're going to do, but we're going to try and do carrots high up because. Mm. The the white the butterflies can't get that high or something. The ones that eat the carrots, you know, they lay their eggs on. Oh, them. really? They lay them on. Yeah. So you have to. So we're going to try growing them raised. Um, what else are we going to grow? We did parsnips last year, and they were successful. We had quite a few good parsnips. Um, yeah. I mean, to, oh, and dahlias again. 
because the dahlias did really well. Some I've left in the ground because they looked okay and they weren't near the top, so I just left them. And some I've dug out and they're in my shed. I don't know if they'll be all right in the garage, but we'll see. So we did, we're going to do day and more flowers probably. Yeah. Um, we had sort of a wildflower patch last year that did quite well with cornflowers and poppy, poppies came up. and um, so, so probably a bit more of that. Um, and just, I don't know, just generally, because last year, at this time last year, we thought in the summer we'd be sitting there with a bowl of homegrown vegetables eating on our little patio, <laughs> you know, and it, it'd look out like a garden and it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Because we've got, like, yeah. pallets everywhere and, oh, keep composting all the time. I was going to say that to you. Like oh, we, right, okay. We, we, comp- we compost, you know, we compost as much as we can. I'm going to start from here again, like all my vegetable and fruit peelings and all that over there. Anything we cut down over there goes straight on. We put. Do um, you have an open compost? Yeah, well, Carly made that out of pallets, so that'd be easy for you to do. Um, it's we, we've got like um, box made out of pallets, open at the front. Just she. And do it, you have to rotate it? No. What the compost? Yeah, do you just put stuff on top, or do you have to rotate? No, you just no. We just well, we we don't. I mean, she's more in charge of that than me. I I never know where I've got to put what I'm taking over there, but. Just sling it in. Do you know what I mean? It's better than not doing it, isn't it? So yeah, that's got, true. We've got like two pallets at the back with each one each side and then one in the middle. So we've got two two sort of bins, um, nice. two areas. But we've also got, um, I think we've got about five of them. You know what they deliver slabs on? They're like actual pallet yeah. boxes. We've got a load of them. Every time one comes over there, we get it. We've got all the leaves from our school woods. That they get nice. rid of every year, sack loads okay. of leaves. So we've got leaf mould on the go. That's good. Um, and composting in them as well. So nice. So we're we're doing that because if you're no dig, you need the compost. You need the soil on the compost. Yeah, yeah you yeah, you do true. need something. Um, and also I was going to say to you about cardboard. Yeah. If you're no dig, start collecting cardboard, cardboard boxes mm. to, to lay on, on to lay on. Yeah, because. Even if you end up with just the cardboard until you can get the compost to go on top of it, but the cardboard stops the weeds coming up and the mm. worm, the worms, once it's wet, the worms start taking it down. <clears throat> nice. So, and even if it rots away, well, it will rot away eventually, it's putting that into the soil. It is good. Yeah. Like and in your compost bin, you need a mix of like green, like grass cuttings and vegetable peelings and also like paper cardboard mm. like I, so if i remember to do it i'll take the um shredding from work as well and put that in nice yeah okay that's good that's a good shout this, yeah, is, but, this is the stuff where i feel like we need yeah to... just things like that just trying to re- and you know like if you buy something that's got all that brown paper inside the box mm. like rip that up yeah amazon boxes like just keep them and lay them on your ground and water them and then they just stay there or put a brick on it or a pallet or like yeah. our, our allotment this time last year looked like a pallet farm like it was just cardboard <laughs> and pallets i mean bits of it still do it's not pretty do you know what i mean it's not yeah. um some of it we, we've got all these visions of having bunting up and and all that but we never get to that point do you know what i mean so um that's what i'm gonna get you i'm gonna get you some bunting yeah uh, the other thing i think mixing the flowers in with the veg is quite good as well yeah, I think we're like going to do that. Like having a little bit of, of both together. Oh, and the other thing is, well, rhubarb. If you can get that, it just, you know, we've got, it, it's the best, it grows. Oh, I love rhubarb. Yeah, I mean, we had, that was the thing we were left with last year. We had loads of it off there. Too much we couldn't even use it on. And we've oh, got, Well, we, we, we've got a pear tree. I can make pear and rhubarb crumble. Yeah. Well, probably not. <laughs> they, they come out at different times, don't they? Like the rhubarb. Well, the rhubarbs oh. are early and the pears are late, and they pears are. Sort can you of, freeze rhubarb? Yeah. You can freeze yeah, rhubarb. Yeah, yeah, you can, and you don't have to do anything to it. Wash it, chop it, wash it, um, chop it <laughs> up, put it in a plastic bag, put it in the freezer, and you can just cook it from frozen. Because it's mainly water, isn't it? It's water, yeah. It's so like yeah. celery, really, isn't it? Yeah, just put, yeah, it does take a lot of sugar, but yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to be the yeah. healthiest of dishes, but yeah. So, so um, there are our plans. I mean, we're still not. I'm not very ambitious with the veg, really. 
Carly's more so than me. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm happy to run along behind with the veg, really. But I'm, I'm more interested in flowers. But, um, nice. But she, she wants to put a... Um, a lavender along the pathways. Oh, gotcha. It's um, so nice. Yeah, so might be able to do that. And I've also thinking about maybe trying to get a few sort of shrubs down there to fill up space, you mm. know, like like just bushy stuff a bit more than yeah. than just flowers. That, and then in the winter it actually looks like something. But um, Yeah, it, I guess that stuff takes time as well because the shrubs yeah. are so expensive if you buy them from big. But if you can grow them up and get a bit of lineage... There, yeah. and also, which is also great for birds, actually. Yeah, Shrubs, one really of my good. big plans this year is to try more propagation myself because I, I do try with cuttings. I mean, I've done cuttings, I've got some outside, and but I don't know it, it. Like, if you look on YouTube, you can find out how to do anything. So, there's loads of videos. This is how you take a cutting. But then it's the going forward with it. You know, what do you do? Yeah, yes, implement it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where do you keep it? Like, do you have to keep it on my windowsill or, you know? So I've got things that look like they're taking, but that's mm. what I want to try more of, you know, like free plants, you know, like just stick it in and it grows. And just go, like my basil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that succeeds, if my basil succeeds, I promise I will never mention Africa again. Oh. <laughs> I'll be interested about your basil though because I had basil growing on my balcony last year mm. and it went really bitter like it didn't taste good even though it was growing fine so that's interesting uh, yeah it didn't it, it had like a really bitter taste like I grew loads of it and I was so excited when I harvested it all I made pesto and it was disgusting oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, I, interesting I wouldn't have thought basil was something that you could take cuttings off of I it's, it's well, I didn't, no, it's you can take. They they tell you to take a pinch of it and take the two bottom leaves off and put it in water. But I've tried that and it's never worked. Yeah. But just go and buy some sprigs from the because I guess with the sprigs as well they kind of dried out at the bottom. So maybe that's the start of the propagation. And yeah. then when you add it straight to water, it just kickstarts that rooting system. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's any truth in that, but that's what I've noticed with the sprigs that I've had. When my mum used to live in Spain. She had loads of pots of basil, and it was the best basil. And I think it's just because it's sunny and hot. It's Spain, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we've got our land gets all the sun, See, so we could what, be onto yeah. something. Yeah. Basil's like a Mediterranean plant, and it it like it is like and, it, and it's where it's chateau. To be. Yeah, yeah, in the chateau. <laughs> yeah, if you don't walk, oh, I'm, I'll tell you, chateau. Two of my olive trees panicking. I'm looking at them now and there's brown leaves on them. Literally in a panic. Keep on Googling it, worrying about the other ones, whether they're going to catch whatever these two have got. So there's no growth coming on them. So I'm hoping that it's just like, you know. Can you remove the dead stuff? It's not dead. It's, but I'm just, I'm hoping that these two olives are just going, it's winter, we don't like it. And then. It'll all reach They'll go back. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. So You'll be all right. You can have yeah. you got the app? You can take a photograph and upload it, see what it says. Really? Oh. If you get the app picture this, you can take a picture of it and it'll diagnose any problems. Is it gonna scare me though? Well, you seem pretty scared now. Yeah, I mean I'm more scared, more scared than I was with the box bushes that I end up throwing <laughs> in the bin, didn't I? <laughs> I mean, I threw five of yeah. them away last year. Do you know what I mean? Because I just thought, I'm not spraying you, so. That was quite yeah. literally money down the drain, that was. Well, it was. I just threw them in the bin. Mm. I just I couldn't even compost them because they had caterpillars all over them. So, you know, oh, you, you're giving it to somebody else. So I literally threw them in the bin. So. Well, let's try and, I tell you what, let's finish this show by saying the one hope we have for this year to succeed in for our gardens. If we can pick one thing. For our community gardens and offer allotments or or your garden at home, Jan. Um, we'll start with Kelly. Kelly, the the one hope that you're like, I want to nail that. The tomatoes I've grown before, I've had to supplement store bought tomatoes <laughs> to have enough yes. to have a salad. Yeah. I want a whole salad of my own tomatoes. Yeah, basically. that's fair. Potatoes. Yeah, you, you, get on the you potatoes. want your own. You, you want your face uh, on yeah. a jar. <laughs> I don't want my organic veg mixed with my Aldi veg. <laughs> it can do oh, better. God, it deserves no. better. <laughs> deserves better. That's a good, actually, that's a really good shout. That's, that's a good yeah, aim as well. Yeah. 
Um, Jam. Like a whole thing of strawberries. Sorry, go on. No, 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 go Go on, Jam. What's your one hope? My hope this year is that that slugs don't eat the dahlias in my garden. Because last year, you know, I'm all for the wildlife in its place, (laughs) not in my garden. Do you know what I mean? Slugs slugs can do one, really. Because... You need to get hedgehogs back. Well, last year I had 17 dahlias in the house, all getting them ready to go out, and and they were all, like, big, you know, and then when I put them out, they just disappeared. The ones that I put in the ground in the garden literally disappeared. There was nothing left at all, like, within within about three days. So that's what I'm hoping, that that it's not such a sluggy year. (laughs) Because um, otherwise, I will be looking into like organic ways to kill them, really. Or organic send... ways to kill yeah. them. It's yeah. an oxymoron, oh, if ever I've heard. No, of. what I was thinking of doing actually, because I'm not a big lover of birds, but I'm thinking about maybe getting a bird feeder to encourage to birds entice them in down, and they eat slugs, don't they? Yeah, hedgehogs as well. But I don't know. Hedgehogs is is a hard one to get back in your garden. I had hedgehogs in Dagenham. Did How you? How do you encourage yeah. hedgehogs? Environment, but they've got to be in the area as well. I don't know if they're in the area where you are now, but if you if you've got access into your garden, so it starts with people pretty much putting fences up and then putting holes in the fence so the hedgehogs can get through because they need to have little. Like yeah, they are encouraging people to do it. but you have to have the environment. In Dagenham, they used to come to the back door and eat cat food off a plate. (laughs) That's amazing. It, It was so good. We used to have it in my nan's garden all the time, but it's because there was a forest. And you, so you've got to have leaf litter in the autumn and winter because they hibernate in, or you, or you can put up little, like, almost like rabbit hutches, like, but smaller that they can hibernate in. But as I said, the hedgehogs have decreased massively in this country. So it's oh. not as easy as just getting hedgehogs in because they've got to be in the area. If they're not in the area, yeah. You know, there should be. I'm, I'm, I, I hope one day that we can. I would love to. I don't know if this exists, and I'm sure someone will let me know if it does, but some sort of reintroductions or. Habitat restoration for hedgehogs because they're such an important animal. Like you're saying, Jan, if you had them in your garden, genuinely they would eat the slugs. Yeah, they they would keep that balance in your garden. Yeah. Um. But no. All right. So you don't want a sluggy year. No, That's fine. It was bad. That's last fine. Year. Yeah. Um. What about right, you? Right. My one. My one hope, and I've said it already on the show, is amphibians. And I don't think it will happen this year. I don't think it will. Maybe. But my my <laughs> aim for this year, my hope is to create an environment which will one day welcome amphibians. Toads, frogs into the area. Date slugs um, as well. Exactly. Get a pond. That's what George, remember what George told you on the show? Yeah, Get a pond. Yeah. Get a pond. Mm. Get a pond. It's probably the best thing people can do for their gardens if you've got the spaces, add water. Genuinely. It's probably the best thing because you're just like, there's so many things rely on water. Um, so, yeah, there's our hopes. I think they're all achievable. Yeah. I'll be fingers, cr- fingers crossed for. Kelly's punnets and fingers crossed for a non-sluggy <laughs> year. And obviously I've always got my fingers crossed for amphibians. So. Yeah. Um, Do you want the Africa, on, the Africa count now? Yeah, what, what did we get up to? I, I, I've got to say, I'm actually quite impressed because it wasn't as bad as I expected. <laughs> Only eight times, Ryan. That's not bad Only in an hour. Eight. Only eight. Only What's that? Eight. One in, you know, one every, one... one every eight minutes. It's still pretty regular. It's quite regular. It's, I mean, it's too much, but, but it's not an annoyance. Not bad. That's not bad. Um, it was such a great trip, though. Are you adding to the count now? Yeah, make it nine. No, you've got, you've got to make you've it got, to like you've got ten. You've got to make it to ten, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. Where did you go, Ryan? Oh, the sunsets in Africa. Oh, Put this it? country to shame. Where was it? Where was it you went again? Namibia in Africa. Ten. Ten. Get in. <laughs> right, oh, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us on Into the Foliage. Um, I can't wait to get this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be seeing you next week to catch up and get things sorted. Um, and start planting things. Start yeah. planting them. Let's get the pots going. Um, oh, I'm, and gonna, Jan, I'm gonna come down and have a look at some point. Yeah, yeah. and we should come up to your. Should we do a drive to Jan's yeah. to see the allotment? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you got, have you got yeah. Where is your... I have, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy then. 
Yeah. Okay, let's we'll do that. We'll do that before and then spring. And steal all your ideas. <laughs> and greenhouses on the allotments. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, lovely to see you, Jan and Kelly. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Bye. If you would like a shout out on the show or to be put into a draw to win a free Into the Wild podcast mug, yes please, then all you have to do is review the show on iTunes or Spotify or both and send me a screen grab, take part in our weekly nature highlight share every Sunday on Instagram, or you can tip Into the Wild via our Ko-fi link in the write-up of this episode. Of course, you can do all three of those things and increase your chance of winning the monthly mug. Until next time, keep well, stay safe and live the good life.